This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck. I'm joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Dave had an entire weekend of betting. How was your weekend? I mean, it was actually pretty good. I mean, I didn't I didn't do great on a lot of things, but I actually had uh, Nick Hardy and Davis Riley at 40 to 1 to win the Zurich Classic in New Orleans, and when they did. So that made up for a lot of other mistakes I made. I feel like just that right there makes it turn into a pretty decent weekend. But I do know that you also had some success because we talked last podcast kind of extensively about betting in the NBA playoffs and Uh kind of the zig and zag and back and forth of how they go. And a lot of those home teams that you talked about played quite well. Yeah, I mean, that was good, too. I I think where I I lost a little bit was on totals. Um, I like, I think last night I had the Celtics and the, and the Hawks under and the, uh, the number was not 250. So that was a bad call, but yeah, overall, overall the playoffs, I'm, I'm ahead, but I'm still struggling to figure out a few things. Um, hopefully I, and I'm ahead for the season, so it's not like drama, but I still don't like making egregious mistakes. Now, speaking of last week, our, our podcast that came out last Thursday, that was good for Friday. We ended up going one and one, and we're sitting here treading water on the season. But again, still a long baseball season left. So without further ado, let's jump into some of these baseball games. First one we got up here, going to go to the Seattle Mariners taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, again, we're we're recording Monday. These will be for April 25th, which is a Tuesday slate of games. And like I said, first game we're going to look at, Seattle Mariners and the Philadelphia Phillies. So, Dave, what do you think about this uh, Mariners-Phillies game? Yeah, I mean, to me, this one started out trying to figure out what Phillies team we're going to get. I mean, the, that team, in spite of a recent win streak, is still under 500. You know, the bullpen has a season-long whip of one and a half, uh, or the ones that have been virtually unhittable over the last week. I mean, that's what their bullpen has been. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know which Phillies team we're going to get. If nothing else, they're rested. Seattle's also rested with Thursday off, uh, and their pen has been very good on this road trip, which makes me really think under. And with respect to Gilbert, you know, the Brewers got to him last week, but nobody else really has. Uh, what I do know is that I'll be betting Gilbert's strikeouts over the total. He has seven or more in three of his four, six in the one that he didn't get seven, uh, and the Phillies strike out an average of nine and a half times per game. And to falter, his only bad start was against the Reds. And, of course, seeing Cincinnati for the second time in a week, that's going to happen. We talk about that all the time after he shut them down the first time he saw them. So I trust falter. Uh, I'm not sure if I trust Gilbert after last week. Uh, With rested pens, I actually have to go Phillies and under here, my friend. Yeah, this is uh, one of the games where I had a pretty solid opinion on it. So I kind of went through the same process you did. Gilbert's pretty serviceable, pretty solid. Falter, I mean, he's a young pitcher, but he's been throwing the ball decently well so far this season. I know the 0-3 record doesn't look great, but overall he's thrown some decent games. Now, I kind of got into the how does each team hit, knowing that the Phillies' bullpen was just god-awful. And turns out Philly actually has been hitting right-handed pitching quite well, top 10 in both OPS and average. And then on the flip side, the Mariners, 
they've really struggled against left-handers. And I know that the Phillies were supposed to be a much better team. Well, both of them were supposed to be a much better team. But Philly started the season just one in five. I mean, they're 10 and seven since, which is closer to a respectable baseball team. So I was with you. I actually thought at plus money, I would take the Phillies in the first five innings. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree that Philly's bullpen over the last week or so has been phenomenal. And I'm, you know, and they've been better at home, but I'm hoping we get the we get the Phillies that we saw against Colorado and the White Sox. If we get that bullpen, I think the Phillies is an easy winner. So for the first game between the Seattle Mariners and the Philadelphia Phillies, April 25th, which is a Tuesday, Dave likes the Phillies in the first five and the under for the game. And I'm looking at the Phillies first five. Yeah, I think I like the Phillies for the full game there, to be honest with you. Um, I think, I don't know if I got misquoted, but I like Phillies for the whole game. I'm hoping we get the good bullpen. Now, moving on to game two, we have the Chicago White Sox taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. What'd you come up with on this game? Yeah, I mean, you know, the knock on Toronto here is that they came off a big series with the Yankees. Uh, and then and, and then they played these White Sox uh, Monday. So uh, so uh, this is a White Sox team that lost three in Tampa Bay. And they're, they're, this is funny. They were literally, literally they're seven and fifteen, and a cool minus eight point four units if you'd have bet them every game. But they're also a great over team, and it's not because they hit. It's because their pitching outside of Dylan C sucks. You know, this week I don't know which Clevenger we're going to see the one who shut down the Orioles and the Astros or the one that's been hit by the Phillies and the Pirates. I would have thought with no familiarity that he'd have the upper hand, but that just wasn't the case. So, you know, I'm going to bet that Toronto gets plenty here. So my best bet here is the, the Jays team total over for starters. I don't know which Chicago pen we get. The one that's been lights out lately uh, or the one that's only decent stretch all season is lately. I mean, I was all set to fade Barrios after the two rough starts. And, you know, he settled down quite a bit, including holding the Rays at bay uh, in Tampa Bay for the most part. And I, I, the Jays are going to win this game. And if the roof's open, I will take a look at the over. And I am betting the Jays team total over. So I didn't have a super strong lean on this game, but I, I came to two. I leaned on the total over the nine and a half. And then the other lean that I had, it, it kind of just remember in one of our earlier pods, we talked about pitchers. And if they're lined at certain numbers, you're like, this just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I was kind of with you. I, I kind of had to make a double take at Jose Barrios being a minus 195 pitcher in this game. Now, could Toronto still win? They very well could because he's a very hot and cold pitcher. And we've talked about that, too. But Mike Clevenger, like you brought up, not a ton of familiarity with Toronto, but he's kind of up and down. So I leaned, I ended up leaning on the over nine and a half runs. And then actually in the first five innings, I kind of leaned to the uh, Chicago White Sox on the run line. I mean, you know, hey, at that price, I can't argue with you. Um, I just, uh, I just can't because I just don't know what bullpen I'm going to get with those guys, which is why I would agree with you that if I was going to do it, it would be the first five. So there we go. Dave's best bet here. He's liking the over in the team total for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, looking at our third game here, it's going to be the Detroit Tigers taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. What What were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I try to throw Brewers games in unless they're, you know, not worth talking about uh, because obviously we're taping this in Wisconsin. 
Um, you know, this wasn't as easy as I thought. You know, the Tigers have a 7-13 and 13 record. They're actually in third place in the AL East, same place where the aforementioned White Sox come from, uh, which, of course, makes me want to bet even more money on Toronto in the previous game. Um, but, you know, this one is a tale of two Turnbulls. He shut out the Jays in Toronto, and he pitched well against the Guardians. But in his two prior starts, they're still trying to calculate the damage. I mean, it was that bad. But what I will say is that Detroit bullpen has been a huge surprise all season where we know the Brewers pen, they kind of been in regression mode the last week or so. I mean, it looks to me if Lauer is pitching in the NL Central, he gets hit. Otherwise, not much. But two of the Tigers' seven wins have come against lefties. So I guess I'm trying to not do the obvious and take Milwaukee. I mean, Lauer has given up at least one home run in four starts. So the over could be on play, I guess, depending on Monday's bullpen usage and subject to the lineup cards, but I just can't quite get to Detroit. I mean, I, I think we both got a little fortunate with the Brewers' first five last week, so I'm totally going to defer uh, this Brewers game to you. So I, I looked at it, and I went back and forth for a while because I'm with you. That Milwaukee Brewers' bullpen is definitely reverting back to the mean. They were They were pitching way above their heads the first two and a half weeks of the season. Then you have some injuries to the rotation and the bullpen. It's starting to mount up. Looking at the two, Lauer has been really good at home in his career. And like you said, not a ton of familiarity with the Tigers. Now the Tigers also really, really struggle against left-handed pitching. Brewers are quite good against right-handed pitching, but like you said, Turnbull's a guy that he can look decent at times too, and there's not a ton of familiarity playing outside the division. I actually leaned towards the under and then also potentially was looking at the Milwaukee Brewers in the first five on the run line because I feel like if they jump, they're going to jump on Turnbull. And then I, I wanted to take the the bullpens out of the game just because the Brewers yeah. were reverting back to the mean. So, yeah, it was a lean to the game total under for me and or the Brewers in the first five on the run line minus that half a run. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, I think, you know, we – we got we we cashed the Brewers first five last week, so we should probably just continue that trend. But taking the bullpens out of it, I think, is a good move uh, on your part. So, um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Brewers first five is a good one. And knowing that Detroit's got a really bad, you know, the bullpen's not great, but it's been better than last year when they were one of the worst bullpens in baseball. And the fact that the Brewers bullpen is kind of reverting. That's why I just lean towards the game total being under. But I feel like the more confident plays is probably, especially talking through it, it's probably the Brewers in the first five on the run line because their starting pitching has been really, really good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that's one reason I leaned to the over uh, was because of the bullpens. You know, I think Detroit's pitching over their pay grade and and the Brewers are in regression mode, but we know they can both can both pitch well i was just thinking well i don't know if that'll happen overnight so um but yeah the first five is definitely solid i think that's good work so it looks like uh dave and i both going to agree with the milwaukee brewers in the first five innings on the run line minus that half a run looking at our fourth game here gonna go to the san diego padres taking on the chicago cubs now this is probably my second strongest uh, opinion of the podcast when it came to our major league baseball slate. Yeah. I mean, I have a pretty strong opinion here too, but 
You know, you know, uh, over the course of my lifetime, which is longer than yours, I think I'm winning 7% of all of Snell starts going back to his days in, in Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm almost always betting against him since he left the Rays. I mean, I think he built his resume in that park, which is one of the better pitchers parks in baseball. And when he misses, it's usually up and out of the park. And I think in Petco, he kind of gets away with it. That's a pitcher's park usually. Uh, and if you look at his two road starts this year, you know, his whip is two and a half, his ERA is over seven. So, you know, of course, Wrigley Field is not a pitcher's park. So, you know, I got both pens, I guess, have been what I would call respectable. Uh, but the Cubs steal has been very good. I mean, the only team that scored more than one run off was the Dodgers. They scored two on three hits through seven innings. I mean, I'd love me some home cooking here. Uh, I will take Chicago and quite possibly the over. Uh, but I want to see the number and the weather. Uh, the other one I think I really like here is the Cubs team total over. So, I mean, it's all Cubs for me. Yeah, I think we're in agreement here. I uh, What I settled on was Cubs in the first five, Cubs for the game, just because you look at it. I'm not a believer in Snell either. And when you look at his splits, he's much better at home, which makes sense because you're talking about Petco, which is a little bigger. And then obviously down at uh, Tropicana, when he pitched for the race, both bigger ballparks. Now you're at Wrigley. We don't exactly know what the weather is going to be like, especially in the windy city of Chicago. But if it's blowing out, there could be a ton of runs. And Chicago is in the top six for both batting average and OPS against lefties. So if we want to take the pens out of consideration, since both teams are fairly even when you look at bullpen numbers and we don't know how the the pitching staff is going to go in tonight's game. You know, I think it's Cubs in the first five, because like you said, Steele's been really good. He hasn't really pitched a ton against the Padres, hasn't been in the big leagues very long. I'm going to go with the Cubs in the first five innings. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I and I think, uh, I don't know, what kind of number you got on that one right now, Nelson? Uh, right now for the Cubs in the first five, it's going to be probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, Minus 105. Yeah, I mean, that's doable. I was thinking we might be able to get plus money, but we'll, you know, we'll see where it comes out. But basically, kind of... basically, at even money, I mean, that that's you have to do that. And that may be one of my biggest bets this week. So it looks like Dave and I both in agreement, like the Cubs here, first five innings, uh, potentially the game. And Dave, you like the uh, team total for the Cubs over? I do. I do. Now, looking at our fifth and final. Major League Baseball game for the Tuesday, April 25th slate. Going to go to the Houston Astros taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, this one, I felt like I was all over the board, Dave, but then I kind of just went back to uh, old reliable for this. Yeah, I mean, this was a fun one. I mean, I, I try to pick games for you that are either good teams like Tampa Bay and Houston or or NL Central teams. So there there is a method to my madness. Um, and, you know, the Astros are starting to win and they're starting to hit. Uh, they have scored five or more in, uh, I think, seven of nine. Uh, but I'm not going to overreact. Uh, but their bullpen has been great all year long. And, you know, I look at Luis Garcia and he inexplicably shot up Toronto in his last start, uh, but was more than hittable in his previous three starts. So, you know, which one do we get? Then you look at Rasmussen. He's shot out three of the teams that he's faced and he's been hammered by one. Uh, and I will be uh, the first to let the listeners know uh, that it was another AL East team, uh, the Blue Jays, on the road. So, I mean, how do you how do you bet against a team that's 19-3 and three 
overall at 13 and 0 at home. Um, as of Monday, I mean, they play, but they play Monday night. Sorry about my dogs. Eventually, I think the markets will overcorrect here, and in, in some recent cases, have for the Rays. I mean, they've been to minus 200 or more favorite like eight times this season. I mean, that's you know more than a third of their games. Uh, and yet, I saw on DraftKings that they had the Rays at minus 140. Uh, if I had had DraftKings at my disposal, I would have been on the Rays because I think this is going to close a lot higher, and I haven't looked lately. Uh, maybe you can you can find it uh, if you if you have it. I don't know. Yeah, it's currently, currently yeah. at a minus a buck one forty still. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good number. Um, I mean it's almost like is it is it a gift for the Rays or is it a gift for Houston? I mean, how often can you get Houston at at that price either? Um, as far as the total, I, I saw a seven and a half and an eight and a half for a total, and what did I do? I bet them both. I bet over seven and a half. At under eight and a half uh, at good prices, so uh, very little risk. Uh, and if it lands on eight, I win both. Uh, with that said, I, you know most vendors aren't uh, looking beyond today, uh, and probably wouldn't have access to it anyhow. Uh, but I digress. That's a theory thing, Nelson. Um, I don't have any actionable info here beyond perhaps the Astros team total over. You know they've at least seen Rasmussen, and they have been hitting. Uh, but even that's dicey. So. I'm going to see how Monday plays out and maybe take it from there. Hopefully you got a a game of the year on this one because I'm not sure. Well, I don't have a game of the year, but I told you while we introed the the matchup that I went back to old reliable, and that would be just the Tampa Bay Rays either on the money line at minus 140 or in the first five innings. Because like you said, like Houston's bullpen's been pretty good, but Tampa's is really good too. Uh, Luis Garcia has had some really good moments in the big leagues, but so has Drew Rasmussen and Drew Rasmussen has pitched better so far this season than Garcia. Tampa Bay's offense has been better than Houston's. I feel like I know you say this, but sometimes you just got to keep it simple. It feels like Tampa Bay is the way to go for this one, whether you, you want to play it in the first five or for the entire game. I feel like that's, that's where I landed. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Sometimes we definitely overthink these things. I mean, I'm, I'm probably, the biggest uh, offender of that because, you know, I'll go through starters, bullpens, recent form, weather, travel, yada, yada, yada. And uh, if it's a game that you can make a case to go either way, that's the dangerous place to be because you can make the numbers say whatever you want. Like I said, raise it, Brasmussen minus 140. That's a gift, especially since they've been minus 200 forever. The Astros, uh, not as good as they have been, but still the Astros at plus money. With a decent starter, I don't know. I mean, that's why I don't know. I I don't I, I don't want to make a uh, block fit into my block, which I can do easily with both teams. And that'll do it for our Major League Baseball slate. We'll come with our official picks later in the podcast. But Dave, one thing I wanted to touch on too was the NBA playoffs because the last couple episodes we we talked a little bit about the NBA playoffs. And we kind of gave out this zigzag theory about, you know, if if a team came out and played tough, maybe we should look to continue to back that uh, lesser team when they finally get home and and play in front of the home fans. And over the weekend, that came out to be a pretty good theory from our, our podcast last week as a lot of the home teams came out and got wins or covers. And I'm looking kind of at the matchups now. So once we get to Tuesday and Wednesday, we start to see all the game fives roll around. 
And a lot of these favored teams are now up three games to one. And I'm curious on kind of how you look at these games now, because we're back with the home teams having kind of a, you know, home court advantage again. And now they have three, one leads. Yeah. I mean, this is a game where I think that those teams that are up three to one will be favored by an awful lot because they can, I mean, obviously on Tuesday, uh, I think the shortest spread is, is Denver over the T-Wolves by nine. But, you know, all those teams are in closeout mode. That is definitely something. I mean, they don't want to go back. Phoenix doesn't want to go back to L.A. Denver doesn't want to go to Minnesota. Boston doesn't want to have to go anywhere. Um, so those – but those lines are a little bit inflated, and I don't think they all cover. I mean, how rare is it for three double-digit favorites and almost double-digit favorites to all cover, uh, and all those games go over the total? I mean, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's just a matter of picking the right one. What yeah, you're getting ahead. at is you can't really look at, a you know, the home team trend like maybe last week. Now it's a case-by-case basis. And speaking of one of the case-by-case basis is uh, Tuesday night, we have the Clippers taking on the Suns. And you mentioned all the double-digit favorites. Phoenix is favored to try and close this series out by 12. But now you have the Kawhi Leonard news coming out about uh, his sister – and he's not going to play, does it feel like maybe the Suns could be one of the double-digit favorites that close it out and really blow out L.A. with one of L.A.'s best players not going to be playing? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And even if he was going to play, I probably still would have taken Phoenix. I mean, the line opened at 12. It's still 12. Um, I don't – I mean, the Clippers don't want to play anymore, okay? Phoenix does. Uh, and the Clippers – even if they happen to win and force a game back in L.A., I don't know if Kawhi would play or not. So, uh, you know, and I don't think the Phoenix wants to find that out. So Phoenix is maybe one of those teams that I could definitely see laying the wood with. You know, the total is 224. It's actually got a couple of sharp books. It's gone up to 224.5, and, a half, and the, the higher the total is, the more likely the, the more room there is to cover a big number. So uh, Phoenix would be one I wouldn't buck. Um Boston can beat anybody by any number right now. Uh, and Denver, I think Minnesota gets tired in the second half in the, in the altitude and probably just does blow them out. So, you know, I don't see the weak link, uh, but uh, we'd be very leery of those numbers. I think that the good point you bring up with the Suns and the Clippers is kind of the mindset. Like, we know the Suns, when they went out and traded for Kevin Durant, like, they're trying to win it all. They played right. in the NBA Finals not too long ago against the Bucks, came up short. Now they try to make an improvement to their roster with KD. And then at the very same time, the team they're playing, arguably their best player is going through personal stuff where he's not even there. What is that? What message does that send to both teams? Well, the Suns know they're here to win. Clippers are like, well, our best player is not even showing up. He really isn't going to be here. Should we even be here? We're already down three to one. Well, that's exactly right. You know, if you if you look at the the odds to win the the championship, I mean that's you know, Phoenix is still my plus 400, which is the best in the West. Then you go back up to the Nuggets at, at, at eight and a half to one. So the market is still saying that probably Phoenix does go ahead and continue on with not a lot of trouble. Now, one thing you brought up that I feel like most people probably don't even think about, and it's with the Timberwolves Nuggets game, you brought up altitude. And I know just from personal experience from my Bucks playing, they always feel like when they do their West Coast trips, 
they struggle in Salt Lake and they struggle in Denver where it's higher altitude. Now, could that just be they don't play there very regularly? So now all of a sudden when they're on a West Coast road trip, you're stuck in high altitude. Maybe you're on a back-to-back. And it seems like they always struggle in those two locations. They can never beat those teams. Timberwolves obviously playing in, in Minneapolis, clearly a different altitude, as you mentioned, and they're down three to one. Do they just kind of flame out like you also mentioned? I mean, I think they might. I mean, you look at game one in, in Denver and they scored, I think, 36 points uh, in the second half. And uh, in game two, also in Denver, you know, Denver scored, uh, Timberwolves scored 113 points, and I'm going to bet. Uh, yeah, they had a big third quarter, but they never scored 30 points in any other quarter. So, you know, yeah. And, I mean, in Denver, actually, that in that game, I look at it, and Denver had such a huge lead at halftime. The second half really didn't matter. I mean, it was 64 to 49 at halftime, so you really can't take much away from that. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely – I'm all over Denver teams in the second half, almost no matter who they're playing. And then looking to some of the playoff games coming up on Wednesday, April 26th, a game that I kind of want to get your opinion on, it's got to be the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, we've kind of talked about this matchup for listeners in the past. You liked before the series started the Knicks at plus money to win this series. Then when the Knicks came out and won game one, you could get Cleveland at plus money to win the series. You then gave out the advice, hey, why don't you take both of them? Now you have plus money on both. You're going to scalp a profit no matter who wins. But fast forward to Wednesday, Knicks are taking on the Cavs. Cavs are favored by five and a half. This feels like the series is kind of over. I, I almost feel like the Knicks have this one. I, I would look to potentially play the Knicks getting plus money looking to close this series out. Yeah, I don't know if I would do the plus money. Um, I mean, you know, five and a half is a lot of points, and the market is kind of saying that's as many points as you're going to get. I think DraftKings is minus six, minus 105. So I, I don't think – I think the number is as good as it's going to get. Um, you know, the thing about it, though, and, you know, think about this. You know, the Knicks are up three to one. Um, they know they have a game six back in New York. So I can see that game playing out a couple ways. I mean, I think the Knicks, maybe they, they stay – uh, with them for a half and, and, you know, Cavs win the, the game late, you know, almost like if you look at what happened in, uh, in Minnesota the other night, I think Minnesota beat Denver in overtime. Otherwise that series would have been over. Um, so I think you have to draw parallels there. So I, I, I definitely uh, won't lay those points with Cleveland. I know that uh, I'm not sure I'd take them. Uh, the total's getting down there. It's now down to two Oh two. Can't look any other place but the Knicks plus the points, to be honest with you. But again, I think that would probably be a best in-game bet. And to do in-game bets, you got to kind of be thinking about it beforehand. If that's a kind of Cleveland's ahead by a fair bit at halftime, I think they may extend it because the Knicks will say, yeah, F it, we're, we're at home in a couple of days. Um, and, you know, otherwise, otherwise, I don't think I could put money on that. If I had to bet the game right now, I would take the Knicks plus the points. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Just from a bird's eye view, I kind of like the Knicks getting points in that game, whether they win or not. But like you you mentioned one thing, that total's pretty low at 202 and a half. Getting the five and a half points with the Knicks means more than, you know, say it's a one point uh, spread and it's 240 for a total. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Which, you know, 
I guess that one went right over my head. So good for you for calling me on, uh, throwing me under the bus here. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's good thinking. That's for sure. Um, now, speaking know. of a, a game also on Wednesday that I find rather interesting, it's got to be the Warriors and the Kings. So Golden State's taking on Sacramento. It's two to two. Sacramento is back at home, but this line is currently Sacramento by one and a half. It's an extremely high total at 237 and a half. And this series feels like this could be right there for the Warriors. I mean, they've taken, what, two straight. It feels like they kind of have momentum. They even dodged a bullet with uh, the timeout where they didn't have one. And now that older Warriors team that does have winning pedigree is taking on the Kings after winning two straight. And Kings are a young team, don't exactly maybe know how to win. Would this potentially be a game where you're maybe checking out the Warriors? Maybe instead of taking the Warriors plus one and a half, you just money line the Warriors and try and get a little bit better price. I mean, yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, you look at the first two games in Sacramento. I mean, the first one, the Warriors lost by three. The second one, they lost by eight. And basically, basically nip and tuck most of the game is what, what I'm kind of getting at here. So, you know, I don't think this one's going to be any different. Um, I, you know, to your point, yes, I think that um, getting Golden State and their experience guys, uh, experience at winning at plus money uh, in a in a game five, knowing they could close it out at home in game six, I think that's probably a good idea. I, I So basically, I agree with you. So it looks like for those upcoming games, maybe go with the Knicks at plus five and a half and maybe take a money line bet on the Warriors to kind of take the lead in their series with the Kings. Now, just in general, did you have any other NBA games or maybe theories for people to look at here coming up? Because we won't be taping our next podcast until Thursday afternoon. Yeah. I mean, I think we've gone through the games for, uh, for Wednesday and, and, you know, I think what I'll be doing from here on out is game by game, but I'm already looking at like the next potential series and, you know, okay, who's going to close out early and, who's going to have a lot of rest, you know, that, that type of thing. So I'm kind of beyond these series other than the, than a game at a time, if the market is right, uh, like we just talked about. But after that, you know, we got to do homework for the next series. And now Dave, uh, looking at any of the, the playoffs moving forward, you're talking about potential series. Have you come up with any maybe futures on what teams are, are playing better? Where you are like, yeah, maybe I want to get a ticket on them to win it all just based on what you've seen so far through the first round where maybe a team's playing a lot better now than they were coming into the playoffs. And you're like, that might be a team that gets hot and wins it. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I mean, you have to, uh, you know, I don't think the Philadelphia 76ers uh, at eight and a half has any value, you know, Denver at um, uh, plus eight and a half might, and the Warriors at 10 to one might, I mean, there's some definitely some value there, but I mean, here's one. If you want to take a flyer, I mean, you know, we just talked about the Warriors and the Kings game on Wednesday. Well, the Warriors to win the NBA championship are 10 to 1. The Sacramento Kings are 45 to 1. What does that tell you? Um, it sounds like they might like the Warriors in game five. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going with it. I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a huge number. I know the NFL draft is coming up. I don't know if you had any draft props that you were looking at or anything like that. No, I think I've given out most of the ones that I'm going to give out. Otherwise, um, 
you know, I, I may, anybody that's following me on Twitter, I may tweet about the night of the draft because, like, the work's been done. Now I'm just waiting to see, you know, I'm waiting, like, on, on my social media feeds to see if there's trades or whatnot. So, you know, maybe, I mean, if a team makes a trade, you know why and you know who they're probably going to take. So you can maybe pick up that guy at a pretty good price. Um, the only other NFL thing I was looking at is, you know, actually it's in that, it's in the uh, NFC Central. There were five players suspended for gambling and four of them were on the Detroit Lions. I yeah, mean, and the Lions are, are a team right now that are projected to win the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole thing about, you know, it's it's interesting to me how, you know, how baseball's dealt with it, how the NFL's dealt with it. Um, it's very different. And uh, I mean, the NFL, obviously, I know, I guess it's probably, you know, with the NFL is like gazillions of dollars and, the, you know, and baseball is only a million dollars or a billion dollars. So I think the NFL is just being a little bit more cautious uh, because they know there's so much money bet on, on that league. It isn't even funny. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're going to crack down on it quicker. Of course, personally, I don't see the problem with it. Um, as long as you're betting on another sport, I mean, not just not your own team. If, you know, if he wants to bet on the NBA, fine. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the price you pay. I mean, it's in the rules and they enforce it. And Dave mentioned if you want to find some of the the flyers, like the golf ticket that he had that one or some of the picks that he tweets out, you can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find his work at pregame.com. You want to find me on Twitter, it's at Rowdy underscore Razor. Dave, let's uh let's make our baseball picks official here. I think the one that I'm looking at, I'm gonna go with the Milwaukee Brewers in the first five on the run line. Gonna go back to uh the reliable starting pitching of the Milwaukee Brewers and think they get it done. Okay, well I'm gonna go ahead and take the Cubs. You're gonna go with the Cubs. So yep. Dave is gonna money line or first five. Ah, uh, you know, uh, Padres bullpen sucks. Money line, whole game. Okay, so there's Dave's official Major League Baseball pick for April 25th on a Tuesday. He's going to go with the Chicago Cubs on the money line at plus money, and I'm going to take the Milwaukee Brewers in the first five innings on the run line minus a half a run. That'll do it for winner's take. We'll be back dropping our next one on Thursday. Probably continue to talk about, obviously, Major League Baseball slates for Friday. We'll continue to talk about the NBA playoffs as they – keep going and maybe we'll even throw in some nfl draft props for day two or beyond so uh stay tuned for that we'll see you back here next time until then let's continue to make some money the winner's take is your podcast for everything gambling at madcitysportszone.com in the zone app or wherever you get your podcasts listen rate subscribe